was just beautiful. I'll tell you what, that was beautiful. Lord of heaven, Lord of earth, King of kings, the great I am. How appropriate. That was beautiful. Um, good morning. And in the holy and sacred name of our Lord Jesus Christ, welcome to the house of the Lord. I encourage you now to leave all of your troubles, all of your earthly woes, all of your distractions, and leave those behind you. And concentrate yourself and holy focus on everything that the Lord has for you this morning. I tell you, that is probably the hardest part uh, for me, personally. When I sit down to study, you know, I set aside some time, and uh, you know, just before I, I start to pray, um, I have this, this few moments there where I have to sort of wrestle my own spirit, uh, silence my own mind. Because I know that uh, it's not the, the wisdom of man, but that the, uh, the Lord has uh, the capacity to bless us in ways nigh ineffable. He can minister to us, He can bless us in ways because He knows you. He knows you by name. He knows everything that you need, even before you ask. We have a promise from the Lord where two or three are gathered in His name, well, he'll be there because he delights to be with his children, even as you desire to be with him. So I encourage you, focus your mind and receive all that the Lord has for you at this moment. Your call to worship comes from the uh, book of Jeremiah and the ninth chapter. We've heard a lot from Jeremiah this morning already in class. But just a few more verses here in the ninth chapter where Jeremiah is becoming, well, it seems his uh, sermons and his revelations are not quite having the desired effect. And so the Lord gives him this revelation here. In verse 23 he says, Thus saith the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might, let not the rich man glory in his riches. But let him that glorieth glory in this, that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord, which exercise loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, saith the Lord. Please rise and sing with me now hymn number six, Praise the Lord, after which we'll have our invocation by Brother Eric Baker. Hymn number six. Thank you. 
O Lord our God, we come in reverence before your name, bowing ourselves down, O Lord, before you, for we realize uh, our um, insignificance and our nothingness unless we uh, place our faith and our trust in you. We pray, Lord, that as we uh, come into this place here for this sacred hour, that uh, we might put off the things of the world, that we might uh, leave those troubles and those cares, the things that weigh us down, our bodily uh, aches and uh, trials, all of the things that uh, would uh, attempt to separate us from receiving um, that portion of your spirit that you would have us to receive here this morning. I pray, Father, that uh, that good spirit might rest with our brother Harry, that it would uh, enlighten his mind and his thoughts and uh, give him the words with which to speak, that he would uh, know uh, those things that he should say that you would uh, have him to bring even here this morning. And open our hearts, O Lord, that uh, we might understand them. Open our hearts and our minds that um, we uh, would be able to receive that uh, spirit of light, even the spirit of truth, that it would come and flood and fill our being. That we uh, would leave this place, uh, Father, we might leave this place lifted up and strengthened as we uh, would return out into the world to, uh, to uh, bear your message and to uh, live the gospel. So attend us, I pray. Uh, I praise your name for uh, your many wonderful works and for uh, being with us so many times in times past. And uh, pray that you would uh, even be with us uh, in this hour to come. And I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Bow with me. We might have prayer. Most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, hallowed is thy name. I pray that, Father, that uh, we all here seek to build up the kingdom of God. We seek to build up your church and uh, your gospel and to preach your glory unto our neighbors. I pray, thee, Father, that uh, through the use of our time, our talents, our gifts, our blessings, and yes, even our monies, that you would bless these efforts and might be fruitful. Uh, I pray thee, Father, that uh, as these uh, monies are collected, that you would bless those who give and those who desire to give. And that as our efforts are concentrated uh, upon your kingdom, that uh, they might have success. I pray, giving you the glory always in Christ's holy name. Amen. Greetings, brothers and sisters, fellow saints. A pleasure to be here with you this morning. I've chosen for a scripture today to, to read uh, a scripture that is uh, part of our 10 days of preparation for the coming reunion. And it reads, as soon as I put my glasses on, 
I can still see it from a long way off. It's still hard to read. Yeah, that's better. Section 77, 1G. For if you, if you will, that I give unto you a place in the celestial world, you must prepare yourselves by doing the things which I have commanded you and required of you. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word.
Thank you ever so much, ladies. That was beautiful. Nothing brings a spirit like a, a song and young people sharing their talents with us. Praise the Lord. Good to see you out there today. I see a lot of solemn faces, though. I like to see you happy and smiling more than that. You know, I used to, I often go up to CPRS and and speak to the kids up there in the chapel and uh, prayer services and... Uh, you know, those kids can get pretty solemn at times. And I tell them, cheer up. You know, you know what you got? You know what, kid? You got a Lord that's coming to seek you, see you personally. He loves you and He wants to take care of you all. And I give praise, honor, and glory to His name this day. Well, I started reading from uh, 76 and 76, section 77. And just like all scriptures, if you just read what you want to read out of them, you won't get much. But if you start a little ahead of that, this is about uh, instructions to the high priest of the early church. And he said, Verily I say unto you, the time has come is now at hand. Behold, and lo, it must needs be that there be an organization of my people regarding and establishing the affairs of the storehouse for the poor of my people in both this place and the land of Zion, or in other words, the city of for a permanent and everlasting establishment and an order unto the church to advance the cause which you have espoused to, to the salvation of man and the glory of your Father who is in heaven, that you may be equal in the bands of heavenly things. And if you are not equal in earthly things, you cannot be equal in obtaining heavenly things. And I read section G again. If you will that I give unto you a place in the celestial world, you must prepare yourselves by doing the things which I have commanded you and require of you. You know, that's a wonderful scripture that the Lord gave us and uh, good instruction. Um, how do we do that? <clears throat> how do we do that? How do we become good stewards? How do we do what the Lord commands us to do? Well, there's a lot of ways to go about it. And... I'll tell you right now, if you give of yourself and become a servant to others, you will be well on your way. And I'm going to read some of the uh, monthly themes that we had at uh, CPRS this year. That's the uh, the, uh, school. And uh, the attributes of a servant was a yearly theme. And it says, and he's speaking from Isaiah 1:49. Behold, I tell you these things that you may learn wisdom, that you may learn that you're in the service of your fellow beings. You're only in the service of your God. How true, how true. You know, we've got to be servants. We've got to learn how to be servants to each other. We've got to learn how to be servants to everyone we come in contact with. You learn to be a servant. You'll learn to live a good life. You're... Uh, Showing a great example for those around you. And just your example will be enough to convert people to the gospel. So, being a good servant. Some of the ways to do that. In August, we talked about faith. In faith, you get Matthew 25:21. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. You enter, in, enter into thou into the joy of thy Lord. 
You know, the Lord said that this was a part of the parable of the sower. And you guys all know that. You've, you've heard it before. And the Lord gave, uh, you know, said that you sowed in a good, good ground, then you produce good fruit. And we need to produce some good fruit. That's what the Lord wants from us. And he talked in September, we talked about virtue. Finally, brethren, those who are things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things of good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. You know, once again, the scriptures are telling us that uh, live a good life, be righteous, joyous. Be uh, caring, kind, loving, you know, all the good words you can think of and put in your mind. Help each other. Praise each other. Thank each other. Section 59 of the Doctrine and Covenants, the Lord says, Nothing defends me more than those that don't give me credit for what I've done. So if He gives you something, you really need to pray about it and give it back Thank him for it. That's all he asks is thanks. Sorry about my way I read that. That wasn't exactly right. But anyway, you get the idea. Uh, knowledge. If thou wilt ask, thou shalt receive revelation upon revelation. Knowledge upon knowledge. That thou mayest know the mysteries and the peaceful things, that which bringeth joy, that which bringeth eternal life. That's Doctrine and Covenants 42.17 if you want to follow along. And in Hosea 4.6 and Peter 2.1.6, he says, My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. What kind of deal is that? Why are we destroyed from the lack of knowledge? Well, you know, I always talk to the kids. I had a high priest came and gave a, a talk on uh, knowledge. And he taught the children that if you study and you pray and you fast before you take a test, the next day the Lord will give you personal revelation. In other words, He will bring to your mind those things that you needed to know. And it will come back to you. So, personal revelation. Study, prayer, and fasting. Very important. That applies to anything in the Scriptures, or if you're just learning a new new trade or a new tool or something like that, it always prays to pray first. Now, Justin and I had some really good experiences working together, and uh, we we forgot to pray a couple times, and, and the results wasn't very good. But when we did pray together, the results were outstanding. It always come out good, didn't it, Justin? Amen to that. The Lord is good. He's mighty to do anything for you. He'll help you find something you lost. I know there's many testimonies in Wednesday night how they lost something and they prayed about it. And the next thing you know, there it was. My wife had a similar experience when she was a little girl. But uh, anyway, temperance, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Meekness and temperance. Temperance is, well, I, th- I think the kids put it the best. Slow to anger. Don't get angry. If you're temperate, you don't get angry. You tolerate whatever is coming your way, whether it came from another person 
Or maybe it came from the Lord. Maybe he gave you a uh, trial to go through. And we're supposed to be happy with these trials. And we're supposed to uh, pray about them, pray over them, pray uh, to each other and about each other. And Wednesday night prayer service, we have a long list of people to pray for. And if we really do that, we send hearts here and their hearts and uh, minds, then we will uh, we'll see good results. It's not always what we want because it's not always right for that person. We don't know always what right is right for that person. I was, uh, you all know, I was blessed with a curing of cancer, and there have been many that have cancer since then that I've known that weren't cured, that the Lord had taken them home. Well, I know why I didn't get cured. I mean, why I got cured, because uh, I hadn't been doing what the Lord told me to do, and I had some work left to do, so I, I know that was a reason for mine. But everybody may have a different reason, and the Lord has different reasons for everything. He uh, he heard this sermon before I ever said it, before I ever started it. He's hearing it like now. He heard it a long time ago because he's omnipotent. Omnipotent. Did I say that right? Anyway, he knows everything, sees everything, and uh, he is our God. Okay, we got temperance, slow to anger. I see. Uh, how about patience? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. How much patience you got? Got a lot of patience with your kids? Did they bug you once in a while? I love these young girls and, and families that I see sitting out there. And I see their mom and daddy. Yeah, I got to be patient. <laughs> now, you guys are good. But anyway, uh, patience. You know, that, that's something you can really work on. I, uh, I find myself, since I uh, talked about that, I find myself wondering why I didn't have more patience with this or that. And uh, if you got patience, you're not going to get angry, that's for sure. So you got temperance. So you can kind of combine those two together. Be, let's see, Romans 12.10. In Second Peter one seven, be kindly affectionate one to another, with brotherly love, and honor preferring on another. Brotherly kindness. Hmm. It's pretty in depth. You know, I think we uh, we often even even in. Our conversation, I don't know, I guess it was Peter who said, what's that tongue, that little member of your body that speaks? And uh, it's real easy to offend somebody, sometimes not even knowingly. And then you know, they might carry a grudge for a while. But you know, we shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't do that. As saints, we, nobody should offend us. You know, I, nobody. about godliness. First Timothy 4.8 But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of life that now is and that which is to come. And now a man take up his cross and deny himself all ungodliness and every worldly lust and keep my commandments. That's from Matthew 16.26. 
<clears throat> Take up his cross. Be like Jesus. That's what he wants us to be. Be like him. If you think on these things and you put these things in your mind and you keep these in your thoughts, your thoughts guide you in what you do. If your thoughts be good, you'll do good. If your thoughts not be good, you may not be so good. And if your thought leads you off in a strange direction, then you better turn around and go back. So control your thoughts. Some people like to daydream. I don't know, when I was a kid, I used to love to daydream. I'd look out the window and daydream while I was in school and while I was supposed to be doing other things. And uh, I'd think of all kinds of things that I wanted to do. And uh, But it got me in trouble a few times, too. So, and all your teachers are very aware of that, the ones out there that teach children. They're very aware of daydreaming. They used to call it spinning clouds. Charity. Pure love of Christ. Once again, getting to know Jesus, letting Him in your heart, believe on Him. You know, I didn't say much about faith. I'm going to go back to faith a little bit. Uh, you know, the very breath that you take is a gift from God. We can't see it, but we know it's there. I know, maybe Eric, I don't know if Eric went through the altitude chamber when you were in the Air Force. No. You go through the altitude chamber, they take you up to above 30,000 feet. And there's no oxygen. And they give you a pencil and paper. And you're supposed to write this. they got a little plaque up there what to write. And you start writing and writing. And then all of a sudden, you just, and you pass out. And then they slap the oxygen back on you immediately, right back up again. You can't do without air. You can't do without oxygen. The Lord bleed, lends us our breath each and every day at all times. And you know, faith is about having faith in something you can't see, but it's true. Something you can't see is not true. That is true. You know, uh, how many other things can you think of that uh, you can't see, but are true? That you know. Not that you think, maybe, but you know. How about the electricity? Those lights go on without electricity? But it's there. You can't see it. But it's there. There's all kinds of examples. Magnetic. Magnetics. Magnetism. You can't see it, but it's there. Radio waves. They're passing through this building at this very moment. Thousands and thousands of them. You don't see them. So is there anybody that has trouble with their faith? That doesn't believe in something that you can't see. I know in, uh, I think it's in, uh, let me rabble through my mind here. I think it's in Mosiah, yeah, Mosiah. The second chapter, 13th verse. Believe in God, believe that He is, and that He created all things, both in heaven and earth. 
Believe that He has all wisdom and all power, both in heaven and earth. Believe that man doth not comprehend all things which the Lord can comprehend. And again, believe that you must repent of your sins and forsake them and humble yourself before God and ask in sincerity of heart that He will forgive you. And now if you believe in all these things, see that you do them. Belief. Faith. So now we're down to a God that has that's part of God in us, believing in Him, believing in Him, and having charity, which is the pure love of Christ. We're talking about that. How about humility? Anybody have trouble with humility? Let's see, I got a couple of examples here of humility. There may be a lack of. You don't think you're better than anyone else. That's humility. You know your own weaknesses. That's humility. You do not boast about your strengths. You acknowledge you can always improve and grow. You graciously thank your opponent when you win. You admit when you don't know something. People have a problem with that, don't they? I used to have a good pilot friend of mine, and we would uh, talk about things, and and the next thing you know, we're talking about something else. You know, I hate it when people you're talking to and you're, you're trying to tell them something, and then they say, oh, I had experience like that. And they go and start talking about their experience, you know. He used to, that pilot used to call that one-upping each other. You know, we like to one-up each other. You're not a sore loser and congratulate someone for beating it. Hmm? Some people, that's hard. I don't ever win, so it don't matter to me. <laughs> I don't play. If you don't think you're above other people, you're just because you're more successful than they are. I'm not, Mike. You always search for people who will challenge you and teach you more. Thank you, Mike. You graciously thank people when they help you. You graciously listen to other people and their opinions. You thank people who have helped you or invited you in your home. You know, all of those are... Just basic traits of uh, saintlyhood, being saints, saints in the gospel. And uh, Helaman, second chapter, the thirty-first verse. He talks about the the people there, and they had some problems. But they were trying to work through them. And Helaman, I think Alma was the one that said this. Nevertheless, they did fast and pray often. Did wax stronger and stronger in their humility and firmer and firmer in the faith of Christ. And to fulfilling their souls with joy and consolation. Yea, even to the purifying and the sanctification of their hearts. But sanctification become, come because of the yielding of their hearts to God. You know, we're all going to need to be sanctified. Uh, I heard them say in class today, somebody mentioned the Holy Spirit of promise. 
in section 85, the Holy Spirit of Promise was given to uh, Joseph Smith and one of his companions. And uh, it said, uh, This comfort is a promise which I have given to you of eternal life, even the glory of the celestial kingdom. So when we do all these other things that we're supposed to do, and we praise the Lord and we pray and fast, we receive the Holy Spirit of promise. After your baptism, there's a, you're given a, a promise, the Comforter. But there's also, I think, a greater portion of that Spirit called the Holy Spirit of promise. And this, according to section 85, is uh, in talking about your soul. Therefore, it must need to be sanctified from all unrighteousness, that it may be prepared for celestial glory. And after it has fulfilled, fulfilled the measure of its creation, it shall be crowned with glory, even the presence of God. And the bodies who are of the celestial kingdom may possess it forever and ever. For this intent was it made and created, and for this intent they are sanctified. Sanctification is necessary. For they who are not sanctified through the laws which I have given unto you, even the law of Christ, must inherit another kingdom, even that of a celestial kingdom. So, back to the original Scripture. In order to have celestial kingdom we have to have keep the commandments in all things and one of those commandments of uh, in the law of Christ is the law of stewardship stewardship is something we don't hardly ever talk about stewardship is uh, looking at your finances looking into your things you have looking at all those things and making a record of them and then writing them down. And after you made that record, you can see where you have increase or you have a decrease. You can see things that uh, you need and there's things that you don't need. You have just wants and you have wants that aren't just. So if you don't make an accounting of them, You'll never know what they are. Uh, my wife and I looked at our phone bill one time, and uh, it was getting pretty atrocious. And we looked at ways to cut our phone bills. And we got the same service for half the price when we looked into it. So, you know, if, if you don't look at your finances and, and try to figure out where you're going wrong, you're probably losing out on something. And you all know the scripture in Malachi that said that, uh, see, if you, you know, I just go to it. I don't like to paraphrase too much because I'm not very good at it either. In Malachi, let's see, you hear it all the time. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now wherewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, that there can, shall not be room enough to receive. Brothers and sisters, I'm here to testify to you. That's absolutely true. Now let me give you an example. Don't think I'm 
better than anybody else, but I just, just think the things that the Lord's done for me and always has done for me. And I always tried to pay my tithing. I didn't when I first got married. I really didn't have much, but I, I paid a little bit. And I think eventually we uh, raised up enough where we paid up our tithing. And uh, now we're, we're ahead on the tithing a little bit. So uh, that's a good thing. And because of that, the Lord has blessed me monetarily many times. And Joe just talked in a class today about uh, the taxes that are going up and things that are going up. Well, I want to tell you that eight months ago, the Lord gave me a raise in my uh, income. I totally wasn't expecting. And it's totally more than enough to pay those taxes. So I'm here to tell you, stewardship is very, very important. It's part of the celestial law. Now listen to what I said, celestial law. It's part of that law. It's part of the law of Christ. And it's part of the law of the church. And if we, uh, if you want a real blessing, pay up your tithing. Follow these, well, they aren't commandments, but the rules that I think that I laid out for you, you know, humble, meek, all that stuff. That'll help you out. All those things will help you become a servant. And all those things will uh, help you to catch up. You can't outgive the Lord. If you're a servant and you give, the Lord will give you back more than you gave. Guaranteed every time. Right, Rick? Absolutely. It's an absolute fact. Sometimes it's a little hard when you're pinching pennies and you're young and you're kind of trying to count every penny, but uh, I guarantee you it's, it's well worth it because the uh, Lord will definitely bless you. And you can't outgive Him. He, he's always going to be way ahead of you. He'll, give, he'll be ten times more than you've already gotten. It's just like the parable of the sower. Or not the parable of the sower, the other one. Yeah, whatever. I guess I've talked long enough. My thoughts are... I are my own now, so may the good Lord bless and keep you until I see you again.
pray. Our Father who art in heaven, we do come before Thee once again this morning with thankful hearts. Thankful, Father, for the gift and power and presence of Your Spirit that dwells with us continually and throughout our lives. As we recognize You, Father, and as we reach out to You, You are always present with us. We thank You, Father, for the gift and presence of the Holy Ghost as it directs and guides and comforts our lives. And as I pray this morning, Father, I pray that as we leave here this day, that that same Spirit that follows us, that we would recognize Your presence and Your guidance and Your directions, and that we would have the patience, Father, to rely upon Thee and trust in Thee and allow our lives to be guided by the presence of that Spirit. Bless each one here, Father, as we seek to draw nearer unto you. Bless our homes. Bless our families. And we praise you and thank you for all that we have and all that is before us. We thank you and praise you. And we praise you in the name of your Son, even Jesus the Christ. Amen.